What's up, guys? It's Captain Cook. Welcome back to Spicy Memories, the podcast where we talk about food and life and stuff. This is episode 35, I believe. Uh, and as per usual, I'm joined with a very, very special guest. Today, I am joined with Tara from ABC, also known as Adopted Babies from China, which uh, is one of the coolest podcasts that I found recently and great Instagram page to go along with it. Um, I had found Tara through... Uh, Hope, who you guys just heard on episode 32, I think. Uh, Hope Johnson from Hope Eats NYC. She was also on Adopted Babies from China because she, like Tara, is an adopted baby from China. So this is <laughs> you starting to get the theme, everybody. Starting to, <laughs> starting to, starting to catch it. Um, I'm just slowly integrating into your show, by the way. I'm just stealing your concept. That's what I hope hey. you realize that's what's happening. Like, you're, I love it. You're going to be like, why the fuck does he have a third adopted baby from China on the show? What the fuck is he doing? Like, he totally stole my show. No. Um, oh, I do know a Korean adoptee who's a chef, though. Sorry, go ahead. That's, you know what? That's good. That could be like, that could be how like Burger King doesn't have sesame seeds on the bun, or they do, you know what I mean? Like how the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The buns are just like a little bit different. That's it. Uh, that'll, that'll help me not get sued. There you go. <laughs> anyway, regardless, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm, I'm very curious about a lot uh, that we're going to try to cover in a not crazy amount of time. But I, uh, I don't know. I just I had talked a little bit about some of the stuff we're going to cover tonight with Hope. And then I had looked up your page and your, listened to your podcast. And, you know, I'm just I don't know. I'm just so curious because it's such a great concept and it's simple and it's more about it's about like the stories themselves, which I like. And it's not mm-hmm. so much about like the large, like there are like obviously discussions of like larger issues and like the system and like how it really goes. And that's like, and that's, again, that's stuff that needs to be addressed. But what I like is that there seems to be this focus on like the people themselves that you have on and the individual, because I think yeah. oftentimes people kind of oversee that. They kind of just like look past it. Cause they're like, you know, I don't know. They, they, when they know that somebody had been adopted maybe from another country, they just kind of focus on that like larger idea. And they don't really think about like the individual and what that person is going through what that person maybe thinks about it you know the duality that can happen i don't know again i am i'm going to say this in the beginning of the podcast to you uh and by you i mean tara but also everyone who's watching on our video podcast (laughs) um or listening for those of you who can't see my beautiful face speaking right now um i am not an authority on this i was not adopted myself i do have an adopted relative adoptee uh from south america and i have been getting a little more curious about it um just because it's along with other things in my life, this has become something else where I realized that I didn't really focus a lot of attention on it when I was younger. And as I'm getting older, like I want to learn more about these things. It's the same way that I am with like food. I'm starting to learn more about these like cuisines. Like I was telling Mm -hmm. Hope when I first started looking into like cuisines, like from Hunan, right. And like what it really is like compared to like, you know, American Chinese food, like, (laughs) right. Which is look, American Chinese food is great, but it's like American Chinese food. That's not like, you know, Oh yeah, not like Chinese food, and you, I mean you know that better than obviously anybody. I mean I don't have to. I'm like I'm I'm like I'm, I don't know why I'm explaining these things. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Regardless, <laughs> let's begin. I um so all right, let's let's start pretty basic. First of all, uh, that you want to give people just like a basic like synopsis of the show and what you do, and uh, just give them a little a little a little one page. You know what I mean? Sure, the little elevator pitch. There you go. Always the elevator love. pitch. Boom. I love it. Marketing My, terms got a little. I know. I mean. Terms. I have a background in sales and marketing, even though I have a very more creative side of life and work is what I'm hoping to right. do. But you've got those so, evil voices in the back of your head forever, just like you know, elevator, oh pitch, elevator pitch. It's like sales yes. eye contact. Like, just like, 
I know. It's about who you know. It's about who you know. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's, <laughs> it's like you're I not mean, selling I mean, a product. You're selling you. You're not selling a product. You're selling you. Just like on loop in your head. hundred <laughs> percent. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Let's see. So I'm Tara. I go by Tara Shen on all my social media because I guess that's kind of merging the whole identity with being Chinese and also being American. I do have a podcast, as you mentioned, it's Adopted Babies from China, which is a play on American-born Chinese because ABC, for getting very technical. Also, it was a fun name and it was available, so let's do it. And the podcast, I've been doing that for about two years now. It started during the pandemic, still in the pandemic, and hopefully beyond the pandemic. And I do speak with Chinese adoptees, also hoping to speak with people who we are connected to as adoptees. I have spoken to really good friends who are close to me that I grew up with. And that was a, I think podcasting gives you an an opportunity to really talk about conversations you normally haven't really spoken about with people that you know that are close to you. So I think that's a really cool concept. And with the ABC podcast, hoping beyond just my own personal relationships too, but others who I've seen or spoken to having their family or their friends also talk to. And you actually mentioned it earlier. It's like you become a little bit more curious about adoption because you have a family relative. And that in itself, I really want to ask you a bunch of questions about that too, because it's sort of like, I agree. I think focusing so much on the whole adoption aspect, I think that is like the first thing you'll see or when we mention it, or maybe we don't. Or sometimes it's really apparent. And just even speaking with other like first generation Asian immigrants or second generation, I I, I do the same thing. I look at them and it's like, oh, well, I'm really focused on the fact that your parents are not from this country, but you were born here. And let's talk about that. But yes, that's, that's the podcast elevator part. And then my personal self, I am the, I am in New York city as of, Oh man, it's almost been two years as well. Nice. Where originally, where were you located? I grew up in Maryland, right below Baltimore. Yep. And I was there for a long time. And then I went to a university in Ohio because I wanted something different. I got something different. Ohio is definitely different. Yes. And I was in an area that was very much not diverse because where I grew up in Maryland, it was pretty diverse. So it was a, it was a switch. It was a switch sure and then it was only recently where i mean life kicks you down sometimes and a couple of those moments was even before the pandemic i had completed my first marathon in new york city and then i was in a job but i was not a great job for many reasons my part i also realized i have a part in that and i got fired from a job after that i was like all right this is time to really think about what do i want to do so then I was like, yeah, I can move to New York. I could go to California. I could go wherever the heck I want to go because the world is your oyster. And I chose New York City because I believe it is one of the most diverse areas in the world. I hope it it's, is. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, think, I mean, mainly, I think just because um, of the sheer amount of people that live in a small radius, right. like, like square miles. Like if you think like, I mean, we're talking even outside of New York City. I mean, I live in Westchester County, which is like the next county up pretty much, you know, New York County. And, you know, we, it's, it's, that's a, that's technically a suburban county, but there's like a million people that live here, you know, which is a small amount of people. 
and there's I don't know fucking what like 10 million people that live in the five boroughs plus Manhattan like that's like that's insane like because oh yeah islands we're on an island too first of all first of all what people don't realize is when you look at a map you're like oh man New York and the Bronx and Queens it's all like right there it's not that far I'm like yeah it's not that far like mile wise yeah like try driving from like Midtown to like Queens and see like you know (laughs) like just see what happens like you know driving from the city to like you know Park Slope could mm-hmm. take you could take you how long like 35 fucking minutes you know depending like, oh my god just, please so well I, you know, I think and if you if you live by a local train it's like uh well that's i mean that's, <laughs> that's another thing, thing. That, right that's the other thing is that if you get so used to the public transport that's that's one of the things that new york city has that other places don't do so well yeah and it's definitely much more affordable i want to say i mean i say that at like local train it's it, it's convenient but also can be a pain when it's the weekend and they're doing track work, which is a whole nother thing. But coming to New York, I thought was a good choice because I was like, oh shit, there's so much opportunity up there. Like <laughs> I can do not a full-time gig. Uh, but the voice back inside my head that says, all right, elevated pitch. It's also the same voice that says, hey, get a full-time job. Right, exactly. So I did. Right. And, and I you, got a job. you looked up like the rent in New York City, you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you're like, okay, well, this full-time job was a nice introduction into right. new york city and i so the, i always tell people it's a funny story but i got this job as a receptionist at an ad agency i started march 3rd 2020 and then march 14th or 13th or whatever it was not even two weeks really everybody got sent home for like a year and a half so i got a job and then i got sent home and i was That's like well and That's i was insane. like hey let's start this podcast thing so that it all connects that's amazing. And now, presently, I work right now I'm freelance. I do art modeling, so figure modeling. Nice. Uh, not something I've really talked much detail about, but I don't mind going into detail about that. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And then what else do I do? I do photography and marketing for like smaller businesses. Very Another nice. adoptee who has a, her own jewelry company, plug here, Ujacalina, has very wonderful jewelry that I learned everything about jewelry and terms that I never knew before until I started working with her. Um, it's good. And then, you and I can chat. I, I worked in a jewelery store for almost a decade. So I oh, was, you probably know a lot. Then. I was, like, I, oh, was what a, is... I was a jeweler and I sold jewelry for like nine years. Yeah. So I, uh, but I was, you know it, was it. it was, yeah, but it was like a dingy small mom and pop shop. So I mainly was just chain smoking and cursing. That was like the majority. <laughs> it was the majority of what I learned, but then, yeah, I, I learned some stuff too, but I mean, uh, cause I guess it's a certain type of clientele. I'm not really sure. It's, as we keep moving in time, I'm always sort of amazed by the type. Oh, and we're also in New York City. So it's like, I think it's a skewed right. perspective of the, the type of people because there's fucking every kinds of people here. Literally insane. Like, Literally. That's the one thing that I can never take away from the city. I mean, I used to want to live in the city more than anything. I was born in Manhattan, you know, and like, I love mm-hmm. the city. Um, and I grew up, I mean, I grew up in, the, I was always never more than a 20 minute train from the middle of like Grand Central. I was always oh, that close. Yeah. To Grand Central, and I it, it was just so easy to go to the city. We were there all the fucking time, literally. Mm. And it's like we like on the weekends we would just go to the city. And so like the one thing I'll never be able to take away from New York City is the um, variety of everything. Oh yeah, of everything. Of everything. I mean, like it's just like it's like you can get almost any kind of cuisine that you could possibly think of, like stuff that it's stuff true. that's like stuff that's very prominent now in the city 15 20 years ago you would like um mm. Ethi- uh, yeah um ethiopian food 
right? Yeah. There's like a bunch of really good Ethiopian restaurants. I've been to a few of them actually. And not since like 2015, but I haven't been to any restaurants a lot since, you know, past two oh, years. Yeah. But that's, that's regardless. But like, that's just, a, that's the type of cuisine where, not because it's so like weird or whatever, not that. I'm saying it's just, it's been so, it's so far apart from like where you, like we grew up around here on the East Coast, like you, you know, mm-hmm. that you would never think of something like, you know, one of those random countries and another continent to have that much of a prominent kind of presence there, but it does, you know? And mm-hmm. so like, I love stuff like that. That's why I love New York city. Like it, it really has that kind of variety. Like you, you know, this better than anybody. If you take somebody who didn't grow up in New York or who had never been to New York and you put them there, they're usually just like, what the fuck? They're like looking around, just like, they're like, this yeah. is, they're like, this is crazy. <laughs> like there's a lot going on right now, you know? Oh yeah. And so I don't know. I've, I've always loved it for that. And I hope that you were, I mean, yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of every kind of person in, New York City. I'm I'm definitely I feel like I'm getting the real New York. Like oh well, well I'm video too video, but I'm also quote on quote on finger quotes here with the real New York because I came in July 2020 where I think it was just right after the height of the worst, I want to say, of COVID here. And I ended up being able to like run everywhere with very limited interaction with any other people at the time the buses were free mta buses were free oh, so it was you had really like a very cool. weird introduction i had a very oh yeah i had a really weird introduction i mean i would run because that's, that's usually not how it goes for people in new york they usually yeah. get off the train and they're just like what the fuck did i just do to myself they're like they're like what is oh that? yeah to, you know. that's me now that's me yeah. now presently yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's now, me now as presently. the world has been opening back up you're like i should not have come here you're like, uh, <laughs> you're like, you're like i may have made a mistake <laughs> Well, I did find communities, so I cannot say I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna stick That's around true. for a bit," because I found but, so I found a couple communities. Yeah, but to your credit, you helped kind of cultivate one of those communities with your show. I mean, so that's I would of, say so. That's kind of nice. I mean, it's always nice when somebody's able to find their own kind of community, but when you're able to actually cultivate it and strengthen it yourself because it's something that you do, you know, I mean, that's that's amazing. You know, I don't have anything like that. I have. A bunch of schmucks who like to look at food like that's not a community that's just being human like you know <laughs> so like you you found like a very specific type of person that you can personally identify with in some small way right not to say that like everybody who goes through the same experience of you know being a dot is the same it's not the same it's different for mm-hmm. literally every single person right but there is that shared you know baseline kind of topic of like yeah not even specific the specifics of stories i would say from what i've heard it's more like because you have you've had multiple people on. I mean, I don't know, I don't even know how many episodes you have. You've been doing it for a couple of years, and you release episodes right. pretty frequently. I mean, you got a lot of people on, and the one thing that's in common is that it seems like the people that you talk with are more than happy to actually share that experience. And when you're able to do that, I think that 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 want to share is that shared connection in a way that doesn't make any that's a horrible sentence but you know what i'm trying to say right i know well i mean that's the same with food too i mean it's like that's what bonds people together is food i i see myself as one of those guys who like waits until like a house has like an infestation and then i lowball an offer you know what i mean like i'm i'm basically (laughs) taking advantage because i know that no matter what you have to eat to live right so i'm just like people are always gonna have to eat so i'm basically just setting up like a safety net for myself where i'm like i'll always be relevant uh and i'm like (laughs) that's so it's like in a way i'm kind of a dick because i'm just totally taking advantage of an existing uh requirement for our bodies but um i i I was curious so so with uh with with adoptive babies in china did this actually start and if not it's fine i was just i was just curious listening to everything did it start as something that was like written 
or did it always always a podcast? Because I could absolutely one thousand and nine hundred percent see this as like mm-hmm. an anthology of stories and like as like a written text and just different stories, you know, throughout. And I mean, right. I, that would be fucking great. I mean, that would be amazing. I just I don't know if you had started by just kind of messaging people nah. and talking about it through that, or it was just kind of like, no, nah, I'm just gonna start a podcast. Oh, it was definitely. I'm just gonna start a podcast. <laughs> oh, all right, good. That's good. Yeah, it was no, definitely more of a. It takes people more of a process to be like, oh, I got to turn this into a podcast. But you were like, mm, no, nah, boom. We're and starting. Like, yeah. yeah, you're just like, we're starting. Let's go. <laughs> you're just like, let's do it. Oh yeah. So tell me, so tell me about the actual cultivation of it, as far as like maybe the first person you had on or what you started with, and if you want to start with your story, you certainly can. I just, I was, uh, you know, it's it's up to you. Whatever. You know. Yeah. Well, the. It all starts with being adopted from China at the age of four. Shut up. Are you serious? <laughs> I was four, yeah. I was four years old. So oh, okay. I, growing up, I was definitely familiar or I acknowledged the fact, like, oh, you're, I'm like, I'm not my parents' kid. It's pretty clear that I'm not my parents' kid. Right. And it was never something that was like an issue really in did that they, sense did they, of like, like- openly discuss it when you were like that young or did they wait until you were older? Like, can we, do, do we have to have a conversation? And you're like, no, no, that's fine. I get it. See, like, I feel like we never really had that conversation like in depth. Maybe my father and I, we did. Okay. When I was 16 to 18 years old. But before that, it was never like a big really, discussion. It was, yeah. Okay. Before that, because I know other adoptees have this experience too, transracial or not. It's like, yeah, we didn't really openly talk about it, but here and there, there was little mentions of it right. in a very roundabout way. It wasn't like, all right, we're going to sit down and talk about the fact that I'm not your birth mother. I'm like, uh, it was never that. No, yeah. Which is, and, I, I understand it because that's probably not like, it's, 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 how do you, like, how do you even start that, you know what I mean, conversation? I'm, I, I'm sure that's like, it's, it's oh, one of those yeah. things where it's like, you kind of just have to talk about it. Or you're if because if you're trying to find the right mm-hmm. approach, so I don't know. So anyway, continue. Sorry. Well, so that's the that's been the really big benefit of doing the podcast too, because it's a little bit of a self exploration for me, because I never, not I never, but I didn't really have those open conversations that were transparent. So I'm talking to other adoptees who share. It's like, oh yeah, when I was younger, my family and I we would have a very open discussion. This is how it turned out. Or I hear the similar to my experience. It's like, no, we never talked about it. It's like, okay, well, but the i've been listening to podcasts i guess since what 2011 2012 when did they become really big i don't even know but like uh, shortly after that i mean you definitely were you definitely yeah got in on the hipster wave of it of listening before it became cool but i think um, i love it yeah no i think i mean i remember them really taking over i would say like 2015 was like when all of a sudden you start i started i started to realize in like 2015 like oh shit there's a lot of podcasts coming out and, oh, and then all of yeah. a sudden from 2015 to like 2017, I started to notice all these like famous people that I knew and like comics and the people, actors, stuff like that. People that had their own podcasts all of a sudden that were like, mm-hmm. they were like, well, I should start a pod, you know? So I was just like, wow. I was like, I didn't even like, I, I don't know. It just, it, it started. That's that, that's my remembrance of it okay. though. Cause other people who are actual experts in the industry could be like, mm, you're wrong. So that's, yeah, that's you also, both are making yeah, up shit. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it's like you two. I don't know what you two were smoking, but that's not what happened at all. Like, uh, yeah, I didn't know yeah. you were listening that long. 2011, 2012. That's, that's yeah, I, I I definitely remember going into college because I graduated 2015 from my undergrad, and I just remember all the whole entire time that even I was going into college or when I was able to start driving on myself to work, I was like, I'm listening to podcasts. My I love that my first podcast that I really remember my intro to podcast was called guys. We fucked and they're still around. It's, I think they've been around for like eight years. Yeah. Guys, we fucked. It's a great show. 
It's two comedians in New York. Comedians. Which, which comedians? Uh, Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. I think that's the last name. I don't know. <laughs> they probably won't hear me say that, but I butchered it. But they both, I mean, you could just hear the stories of how from where they started to now where they are now. It's like, wow, yeah, podcasting really does have a pretty huge influence. I mean, it's a whole podcast essentially about sex and right. I mean, relationships. I, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's called know. Guys We fucked essentially right. i would hope that's what it was about because what would be great is if it was called that and they just talked about like tacos the whole time like that it would, would be pretty funny that would be amazing i never mentioned even the word sex and yeah they would, they would probably have more of a listenership because people are like all right i'm waiting for what i'm waiting you know what i mean like so that would be, mm-hmm. be good. I that, that was that was the beginning but i also like the idea of podcast too because it's like something you're not watching you can just listen to it while you're doing something else or and you learn from that. I learn a lot from listening. I'm just, I feel like I'm very observant in that way that I tune into things around me. Well, that's what, and, I mean, with podcasting, it really brought out that, I don't know how you listen to podcasts, like specifically as far as like what you're doing when you're listening. But like, for me, I noticed, I started to want to get into more audiobooks as well as like reading. And oh, I was I listening I to like, that. well, that's the thing though. I'm not one of those people. Like I know people who can just like sit there like this and just listen to an audiobook, And I'm like, no. So what I started doing was like, I do like once like the nighttime hits and I have to start like getting all the stuff together the next day for like me and my wife. And like, I put together all of our meals and like the coffee and like the dishes that I didn't wash after Mm -hmm. like all that shit, you know, that takes a decent amount of time. So I started listening to like podcasts and audiobooks when I was doing that. And I, what I noticed was when I was keeping myself physically occupied and I had that going in my ears, I was like actually retaining more information and I was breaking less things in the kitchen. So it really helped it, for some yeah. reason, like it helped my focus, but, um, cause I just, I'd be, you know, I'd just be dropping glasses all the time. You know, it's like, like, we just like, we've gone through multiple sets of like wine glasses. Like we have no wine glasses. Like we've had friends come over recently and I'm like, you need to bring a wine glass or you're drinking out of a Mason jar. Like literally <laughs> like or red solo cup. <laughs> right. Or, yeah. So we I did that. So podcasting and audiobooks has helped me, you know, become a, a more delicate person. Um, but no, I, I don't know about you. I mean, for me, it was like, I found that if I kept myself physically busy while listening, um, especially when it's a show like yours where, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no gimmicks. There's no like sound, wacky sound effects. It's not like a comedy show like mm-hmm. that. You're listening to like people talk. You're listening to like stories. And when I was- Conversation, that, yeah. Right, conversations. And I noticed that if I kept myself physically busy, I was able to actually like focus more, even if I was doing other stuff. So I don't know how that was for you. But. yeah. It was definitely that too. And it's also like if you had a commute or something when I was, I mean, I drive too. I haven't driven in a bit, but I love driving. And it's like, if I had a drive to a shift or something, it was, that's what I would listen to when I was driving back and forth from Maryland to Ohio for a little bit. Oh, wow. I would listen to podcasts and then I just love them. And then I was like, you know, I think I hit age 25. So this is way after undergrad. And I had actually met one adoptee at the age of 25 because I'm only 28. I think I'm turning 29. So it's what, four years? I feel like in the span of four years, it's all just kind of exploded without, I didn't know what to anticipate. But I had met one adoptee who actually, she's from the same orphanage or social welfare institute, as we call it. And we're about the same age. We're around the same birthday. She's also in New York City. She actually was my introduction to the city. And we met because of like a Facebook group about adoptee. She had went to China and um, she's actually a writer. So I was like, good for you. My introduction to anything adoption really analyzing or talking about it was with this other adoptee named Katie. And 
I've read some of her memoir that she's writing. I was like, oh, wow, this is some pretty deep stuff. I don't know how you like sit and write about your story and like dealing with loss and trauma over and over. I'm like, you know, I like podcasting because I don't have to sit with like my adoption, like the way you do in a memoir and writing it. Uh, and I props to anybody who can like really sit down and write about their own, I guess their own traumas in a way. That's, I mean, yeah, because you have to, you like, have to like, you have to marinate with all that. You know, yeah. Like, that's the biggest problem is that it's not just like, this, this is why I love the podcast because you just say things and then you just can't take them back. That's it. They're out. Like, that's uh, yeah. it. you're done. Like, that's it. And you can, like, oh, I, yeah. like, I don't, I just, I don't even regret. It. I'm like, that's it. Boom. Click done recording. And I know. It's, it's like, like, it's out there. So it's, it's <laughs> the best. It's the best. It's perfect for people like me who live with multiple, like in the moment regrets and then denial after, you know, it's perfect. Um, but I, um, it is, <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, I just, the only reason I brought up the writing thing was cause I, I just, I don't know. I always, I, I hear these stories. I'm like, it would make such a great like anthology of like stories mm -hmm. eventually, maybe not now, but maybe eventually when you've, you know, you can, you can hire some, some crony to fucking write it. No, down no, you like, you can transcribe it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like transcribe my entire show. That's what you should do. Yeah. Go on, yeah. Fi go on Fiverr and just like send your whole show, send your Spotify link to somebody on Fiverr and be like, write everything, write everything out. <laughs> write everything out. Transcriptions here. See, that's one of those things that someone told me, it's like, if you're going to do podcasting, don't put any money into it until you're getting money. And I was like, yeah, I'm not getting any money for this. So <laughs> we're just going to keep doing the thing that I do. It works. I've right. met a lot of people because of it. So, I mean, I knew that I knew Katie for about a year and then all this crazy stuff happened. I did go back to China, went back to our SWI and nice. got did to, you, did you go back to the actual region where you are, where, where you're yeah. from, which is, yeah. which is Hunan? No, not Hunan. No, I'm from Zhejiang province, which okay. is, uh, and Ningbo city, which is South of Shanghai, like okay. about, I don't know, two, three hours. Okay. Oh, uh, I think we're considered like fishermen babies. I don't really know. That's you know, that's, uh, a, that's a cool title. That's like, yeah, I kind of like that. I mean, I love that's seafood. that's a fucking. Who knows? That, first of all, that is a podcast title. Fishermen babies. Come on, fishermen babies. That's like that's awesome. That's a good. I'm sure. Example, maybe somebody has that already. They they talk about fishing. Who if knows? somebody's got a podcast named Fisherman Babies, I will I will be very fucking surprised. I will It'll be a subset. <laughs> that'd be amazing. I'll message that person and be like, we need to talk fate. Can you talk together. about fishermen? Yeah. Fisherman babies. Yes, I did go back. And then after that, I was sort of shocked by the whole experience. I was like, all right, well, let's this adoption thing. It's there. Let's think about it. And honestly, it was when I turned 25 that I was like, all right, I'm a little bit curious about this. Cause leading up to it, I always had a little bit was it meanderings of the mind thinking about it here and there and people would always ask the same questions were always asked and 25 i was like you know what i'm 25 no time like the present yeah uh and i'm grateful like, for it <laughs> what i'm curious about too is as you as you're getting older and you hit that like 25 age and stuff oh shit i i need to apologize to everybody who listens i bang this fucking microphone minimum like once a show sometimes twice so it's because this stupid Oh, I was gonna say there's like a little bit of a echo too. Okay, how about now? Yeah, you're good. Oh, fuck Jesus. Um, what I'm noticing is like you know you get older. You know you say you say you hit like 25. I feel like I've never really interacted with too too many people that I know aside from like my my cousin who was mm. adopted like that because it was never really like that big of a deal. Like I didn't and even if I did know somebody like growing up or what I didn't really think anything of it right and. I'm curious though, like, so I'm like, I feel like when people did 
say those same things to you that you've heard over and over and you were answering the same questions, which we don't have to cover because I'm sure you've talked to them about this mm-hmm. to death. But um, unless you want to say to people, like, stop saying this shit to people. Yeah, which they we know. Probably, yeah, they, they <laughs> know. I feel like one thing that people maybe passed over was, like, really actually thinking about what it would be like and, you know, what it would be like to leave behind an entirely different, like, culture like that, too. Which... Mm-hmm. The, and it's I feel like it's it's different for a lot of people because and you could talk about this after I bullshit about it for a second because you actually know what you're saying but um and what I'm imagining is that you know you like you much like Hope and all the people like you guys you know you're you're American you know you're not you're like you you are yes. American obviously and you don't you may identify certain parts of yourself with you know the place that you were adopted like from but I feel like maybe there's this like duality not duality but like this this push and pull a little bit of like, you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm from Maryland. Like, that's all I really give a fuck about. Like, yeah. that's my identity. <laughs> but also, like, there's maybe a tiny part of you that's like, but I probably should fully understand, like, what's going on here because I am, like, a little bit curious. And it's like this constant maybe push and pull that I'm seeing. The more I've, I've thought about this and read about it and talked about it with, like, Hope, and then I looked up a lot of stuff as of uh, AKA, also known as, that she's mm-hmm. on the board with, you know, which uh, you've, you've done stuff through AKA or no? Um, I've done a lot of social stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not at that level of the board, but no, she's like, yeah, she's on the fucking board. She's, she's like on the board. I don't know how she does everything that she does. It's like, oh my God. She's a fucking like, squash coach and she's yes. in a fucking band and she runs a huge Instagram for food. Yeah. Like, it's like, and she's on the board. And I'm like, she's I telling know. me all this shit. And I'm just like, bruh, when do you like breathe? Do you like, sleep? It's, it's like, Jesus Christ. She must have found like a 25th hour of the day. I don't know. But, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm curious what it, for you personally, maybe what you either, either what it was for you personally or what you've noticed talking to more people, you know, that maybe there is that whole, like, not necessarily loss of identity. It's not like you were a 25 year old and you got like dragged over here and you had to leave no, a quarter yeah. of a, a quarter of a lifetime experience. But at the same time, it doesn't invalidate one or the other. And I think mm-hmm. that's what people don't always address or say is that they don't have the right to kind of invalidate you being an American or the fact that you were born somewhere else. Like it does not, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's not like that. You know, it's not like singular, but again, I could also be horribly insulting right now. So you could tell me what what, um, what I'm, where where I'm getting at. Why don't you expand on that? I, you know, the thing, the idea that I think of is in general and not just adoption related, but as we get older and maybe some people have this when they're young, but it's very rare that I meet people that younger, but I don't know, past 25, when we're getting into our 30s, it's like, we just don't give a fuck about anything, what other people care, what other people say. And I would say probably about 27 or during this pandemic is when I was like, man, I just don't, I don't give a shit about what other people think, what they say. And being Chinese is, I physically look Chinese. I am Chinese. And, but I'm American. Like I'm American, but I'm, so I do identify as Chinese American. I know sometimes that's a conversation that I've had with people more recently. Like, do you identify as American? Do you identify really? as Chinese American? Do you, um, I just spoke with somebody who is a Chinese adoptee, but her family, she's adopted by Japanese American oh. slash Japanese immigrant family, like parents. So her parents are Asian and so is she physically like a, a parent appearing to the world. So even just talking to this person, I was like, oh my goodness. So that must be like an added layer of you're dealing right. with your adopted, your parents are Japanese you're Chinese, but you're growing up with that Japanese ancestry. I was like, damn, I think the world just exists to create very interesting patterns for people. But 
I, I know my personal experience with, uh, I, I speak a little bit of Mandarin. I get by, I'm very interested in being able to understand or when people talk to me, right. it's very scattered Mandarin, but Hey, I have definitely met some people because of it. Right. And, uh, food plays a part into it as well. I right. definitely like Chinese traditional food or Chinese food. That's I also like the American Chinese food. I mean, because American Chinese food, tasty. Is, it's, it's American Chinese food. It's like saying, I even said this last episode. It's like the difference between saying like the difference between pizza and like Domino's. Like Domino's is not pizza. It's Domino's, right? Like, yeah. so like American Chinese food yeah. is not like Chinese food. It may be, a lot of it may be based off of dishes from China. Like, you know, boneless mm-hmm. caribs originally were, you know, red pork, you know, or the, the twice cooked yeah. red pork, like that, like stuff like that. And like, yeah, there's, there's, I'm sure things that stem from it but it's its own thing. It's, 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 yeah. thing. It's, it's like, it's American Chinese. It's the same thing as like, I'm Italian, right? Well, no, I'm American, but my, my family is as far mm-hmm. as I know, hundred percent Italian, which is boring as fuck. But, um, I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to mix it up a little bit, you know, that's why I add a little bit of like East Asian in there. Like I know, man, I something. Found, that's why I married somebody who's got like lighter skin, light eyes, like blondish hair a little bit. I'm just like, you look not like me. Let's do this. I'm like, let's, let's, let's do this. To, like, let's make this shit up a little bit. Let's go. Let's mix it up. Um, but uh, just cut the bloodline. Uh, sorry. But uh, no, I just, it's, it's its own thing. And like, that's the same thing with like, with, like Italian food here. Like American Italian food is American Italian food. You, you know, you can't, yeah. you know, you can't always go to Italy and be like, give me a chicken Parmesan. They'll be like, yeah. Be what? Like, like, what? Like, you know, so, I'm sure, you know, chicken parmesan, like whatever, is, is probably around. But a lot of it's, – it's amazing to me because in places like – well, I don't, know, I don't know how this works in China. You've been to China. I have not, so you can tell me. But I know that in certain places it's, – it's, this is a strange concept. Okay, let me, let me try to get this out without sounding like a fucking lunatic. Dishes that originated in a specific country and then moved to another country mm-hmm. now become established in those other countries, like, mm. more, like um, Indian cuisine is huge in england like in london huge right mm, yeah chicken tikka masala is basically a british dish that's where it was kind of like it stems from like an, a classic indian dish but chicken tikka masala is really like a british dish and indian food is it's indian food is as present as like you know mexican food is in a lot of parts of like new york like it's just they're all over the place in mm. in london which is great and i was that's why i was talking to a friend of mine, Rebecca, who's currently studying her master's at Leeds University in England. Um, mm-hmm, she's she's cool. from America, but she's of Indian descent. So, you know, and she does like Indian food. So, and I was saying now that you're in England and you, she studied her undergrad there, she's getting her master's there now. I was just curious. And she said, it's just, it's such like a common thing around that it's like, in a way to me, it's kind of great because, you know, England traditionally is filled with people that are you know, just like a tiny little bit racist, you know, a lot like the US. And, you know, um, it's nice when I start to see other cultures like that, just fucking completely integrating into at least some aspect Mm. of the culture, even if it's just like the food, you know, like, you know, white British people that live in like Liverpool still may not trust anybody who doesn't have a different skin color as them, which is possible. But, you know, I'm not saying that's how everyone in Liverpool is before Liverpool starts to Nobody from Liverpool is going to message me. What am I saying? Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is- You never like, know. <laughs> you never know. The point is, I find it very interesting when, when aspects of other cultures really integrate into another, um, another kind of country like that or another area of the world. And so, I don't know. I mean, when you, you, you said it was, you were kind of like shocked by the whole experience, right? 
So yeah, what exactly, what kind of like a shock are you, was it like a good shock? Was it bad? Were you just like, you, it was just a lot and you were just like overwhelmed? Like what was, what was going through you? I mean, cause you think about like present day, everything, the conflict going on, you can't ignore Ukraine, Russia, but so, yeah. and then I think I have, I have heard a little bit of stories about like China and their, their treatment of people and stuff. So it's like all of this stuff is happening. Some of it is exploding. Maybe that's dependent upon what media you take in and what you hear but even so there was a when i started to get interested into like the adoption experience i started to hear or like look at stuff i watched a couple documentaries i was like all right i get it uh kind of confirmation of what i thought i knew about china and how their treatment of people documentaries depending who it's made by it's a very one direction run orientation of the perspective that they feel right and just being actually there, it's kind of one of those, I don't know what the term for it is, but it's like, you're aware that it could be a possibility until it actually happens and you're there. You're like, oh, this is, uh, I mean, this is a dark example, but it's like, oh, I can't imagine like somebody, uh, it's, it's, it's always possible that you're, you could be killed or murdered or something, right? Right. Which is a very dark example, but it's true. Right. And it's like, man, I can't imagine that ever happening to me until like it does happen to you right yeah so I mean, on that's, a much... how, that's how no but that's how life i mean and yeah what's upsetting is those revelations usually come from like horrible experiences because it's like you don't think anything like that's ever gonna happen to you because you're just like oh well, whatever, that's i want to you know like yeah you know my well this is interesting so the sibling of my cousin who was adopted who was the biological son of my aunt and uncle he died in december of 2020 he was like my age and he was in a freak fucking car accident on the jersey turnpike where a car on the opposite side of the road uh, lost control flipped over the guardrail and flew into oncoming traffic it was like a gnc like suburban and his his car was the one that it hit out of all the cars on the jersey turnpike now you read stuff like that and you're like that's a fucking freak accident that would never happen but like it happened to our family it happened to him yeah it's right it's somebody close to you right so like when something usually those those kinds of revelations happen from something bad kind of happening which is unfortunate but like it does you know it does happen or like if you win the lotto or something i guess is the positive one of that that's but uh, like, you know, the other end of it yeah that might be the other the other end of it but no um but no, it's one uh, of them better i know it's an extreme example and very dark but it's right. it's sort of like that too because i the, the idea i had bringing that up was just like all right you go there and I do ask people when I speak with them on the podcast, like, do you want to go back to China? Have you ever right. been back? Do you, cause it's definitely different. It's always interesting to hear what people think. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, you want to go back to China? Right. And it's like, oh, I mean, I've heard that some Chinese people are very wary of adoptees who come back or where initially they were wary of foreigners of any kind, but then yeah. foreigners who look like them is a whole nother level. I was like, well, but there was definitely a level of sort of like propaganda that I was seeing. And I was like, oh my gosh, of course this would be happening. And that was that moment of like, all right, I heard this could be a possibility. And, and now I'm getting to live the experience. But it was that, take that part out of it. I was just, I was hoping a little bit deep, deep down. It's like, oh, maybe like being back at this place would bring back some memories. Because the first question I always get personally, because I was adopted at four, it's like, oh, do you have any memories? I was going to say, like, do you remember anything? That's probably the first no. question you remember. Exactly. Yeah. So do you remember anything? And honestly, I, 
I feel like my memory is very selective that I do block out a lot of stuff that I, I don't just... know how people remember anything before the age of like five or so. I just, oh yeah. I, I have, I have, I can count on one fucking hand memories that I have of like when I know I was younger than four and there are literally like three of them and that's it. And they're like images. They're like images that you're, you know what I mean? Like they're not like yeah. memories. Some people like my brother's like this freak of nature. Like my brother could tell you, when he was three or when he was four and he remembers who was in the room and they were wearing this color and he has like That's... a photographic type of memory. I am not like that. I remember like, yeah. I have like three fucking memories of when I was that young. So it's hard enough, you know, when you're that, but then when somebody's like prompting you because of your situation that I can imagine is yeah. really irritating a little bit. <laughs> like, well, and then it's also the memories that I have because I'm told this is what happened. Like, this is what happened when right. we came to get you. And this is what happened at the hotel and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't remember any of this part of your story then all of a sudden yeah you, yeah you, know, you tell like, it so much that you just you categorize it as a memory yeah no it was something maybe that was like told to you probably and i always say that it's like oh this is what i was told i did when i was younger and i don't remember doing this i don't remember screaming at cows and dogs but apparently <laughs> i did and i also could have <laughs> walked properly and i'm like i don't remember any of this but why would i like i don't oh my god like do i want to remember any of it no i no. think the only it's funny though i think the first time i had kanji in the U.S., I had a very visceral reaction of like, what the fuck is this? Don't ever, really? I'd never want to eat this again. Was it and I'm pretty sure, like yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's probably because that's like the shit we ate at the orphanage. That has to be. That's where I was just like, I probably ate this stuff every day for four years. Probably. Well, I mean, that's why. Three years. Be, I don't know. It, it might be just like a, an, a fucking, a, like an embedded instinct. Memory. Of yeah, like, like, yeah. Of like, you, and you're just like, what? Like, there, there, I mean, I, I get that. There's certain things like. I've noticed that with certain textures with mm -hmm. me, which I don't know what happened when I was young. It's a baby. Something. But like when I, when I feel a certain type of cloth and I can't even tell you what type of cloth is. It just depends on the, like the jacket or something, but like it almost like gives me goosebumps on my body and it yeah. does something to me where I'm just like, that's striking. It's a, a visceral chord. reaction. I'm like, that's, that's, that's striking Ugh. a chord with something I do not like. My God. Uh, do, you, do you want to explain what, uh, what kanji is to the people who, uh, who maybe don't know? I describe it as like a, rice pudding and porridge combination type that doesn't have a lot of flavor but i, I think it's yeah the texture probably is the biggest one it's yeah. just rice pudding and porridge is how i describe it yeah it's a very uh it's a very hearty easy way to it's inexpensive to, yeah it's a very hearty inexpensive easy way to feed a lot of people basically yeah and i mean if you got a bunch of chinese abandoned kids that's yeah. probably the, I don't know if the government was funding it, but that's a whole, I mean, I'm not that knowledgeable about the politics and like the policies related to adoption. I just know from my experience, yeah. there are people I've talked to who know so much more that again, the same person I was speaking to recently, I feel like I just got an educational lesson of like, oh, this is about policies and stuff. And I was like, hey, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, but see, some people I feel like are methodical like that, where they, in order to better I'm understand- take it in. Yeah, yeah. Like in order to better understand something or better, get a better concept for themselves, I feel like they need to kind of increase their level of understanding of the entire kind of scope. And there are some people that are like that. They kind of have to start from like the, the yeah, big picture me. and work their way in. But which is, again, if you're not like that, that's almost in a way better because you're dealing with shit that's related to you specifically, which is nice. When, yeah, how long, I mean, how long, were you, uh, how long were you in China? Just out of curiosity. That visit recently, I was only there for, man, I feel like under like three weeks 
total. That's still, I mean, three weeks is that's that's total. Like better part of a month. That's like that's a that's a yeah. decent amount of time. That's not like a a week trip. That's not like a day, a couple days. Like no, like, but I was only in the area that I'm from for about like three days. Okay. Other than that, I was at in a different part of China doing like a Chinese course, intensive oh, okay. language course, which was a lot of fun. Definitely one of the harder languages to learn, which I appreciate people who, you know, are not native uh, Chinese speaking, who then learn, you know, Mandarin or Cantonese or something. And because it's just because of the amount of characters that are in the language and the way it's... It's vocab. It's the vocab because it, what, I, what I love about Chinese is it's not the specific word that you say all the time that dictates what it means. It's how you say it. And mm-hmm. it could be the accent that you put on it and the, and the level that you say. And, you know, and that determines a level of respect in some ways, especially when you're greeting, let's say, like your in-laws for the first time, right? Like that, oh, there's, yeah. like, there's a different so way. Customs. And- right. Like the way, if, you, if you're speaking Mandarin, the way that you, would, you, you and I would address each other if we were friends is not the same way that you would address like your, your future wife or husbands or whomever's in-laws. That oh, yeah. Like, like, no. So that whole aspect of it, I kind of like because – that's not how it is for like the languages that I'm used to hearing. Cause like, you know, the romance languages and like English and like all that shit, Italian, Spanish, Latin, all that shit, you know, this is what it means. This is this, right. Obviously everything has its own like context, like, you know, in derogatory words and not like, you know, yeah. the Italian word for eggplant, which I'm not going to say is it does mean an actual like eggplant that you eat. But when they say a different context, it's basically the equivalent of like a white person saying the N word because that's what it means. So that's what oh. they call, yeah, that's what Italians call people of darker skin. They call them the Italian word for eggplant. Um, wow. But that's, okay. the, but again, if you just looked at the word and you looked it up, it would just come up as like eggplant as in like the vegetable. Like, so like every language has stuff like that. But with what yeah. I've noticed with, um, with certain like Asian cultures and spe- specifically with like Mandarin and Cantonese is the way that you say something and the way that it's kind of placed in the sentence and how you, it's, it can completely can change what it means and I don't know why that whole aspect I just I love it's so cool like and so when somebody's not a native Chinese speaker and they're able to like speak it pretty well and like grasp it I'm like I'm 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 usually oh very impressed I'm like that's uh you know it's so. it's really funny sort of off because earlier today it was like this, this whole thing happened where my roommate had uh, his company was delivering him a new computer and I guess the timing of it, because our neighbor right below us, she is indeed, she's Chinese, and so is the, she's a caretaker for the landlord's father. And the landlord's father, by the way, is 102 years old. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's 102 years old. Like, he's 102 years old? Jesus Christ. What? Uh, anywho, but they both are actually, because I actually did speak with her a little bit, and she doesn't really speak a lot of English, but right. she actually speaks a dialect. Uh, Nimonese, believe it or not. And if, I don't know, it's one of those like, wow, just how the world works sometimes. But I mean, Ningbo is like the area that I'm from and she's speaking Nimonese. And I was like, wait, really? Like you're That's speaking insane. of all the dialects. Of all so the dialects, yeah. My God. You speak the one that I technically am from and I'm sure I spoke it up until age four. I had to have speaking some, I had to speak right. something. I, I'm a, I like to talk a lot. I had to be speaking something <laughs> up till age four. You're like it's physically impossible that I it's, do the Right, that I'm, for the I'm first like, I was talking. Yeah, exactly. But I've been here for a year now living in this apartment. I'm in, I'm in Queens and speaking with her, so... Um, I mean, I guess her English name, she goes by Alice, but speaking with Alice, the more I've actually been speaking with her, because she, she'll use, she obviously speaks with the dialect. I mean, it's Mandarin right. too. Like I have been speaking with her a little bit in Mandarin because that's all I know, but right. the dialect is obviously a, 
a variation of Mandarin too. And I have noticed that as I speak to as I speak to her a little bit more, I'm I'm understanding the, the dialect. And I was like, this must be inherent somehow, because how else would I know what she's saying? Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean we have the most transparent communication because no, I'm exactly. asking her about this package and she's asking about that stuff that I'm trying to throw away. Right. I was exactly. like, no, 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 that's trash. <laughs> yeah. Did you see a person come deliver a package? And she's like, wait, are you talking about the electricity? <laughs> because because uh, like DN now is like computer and maybe my tones are wrong, but I don't really care. But you know, but anybody who's listening to this who speaks Mandarin would know I, that I'm talking about a computer like DN now, but DN is also electric. So then the, we're having this electric problem and she fixed it. So she thought I was talking about the other electric problem. And then I'm like pointing to the computer. I'm like, this, did this ever come? And she's like, what? So eventually she was like, I'm going to go give a call to somebody, Dian Hua. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's funny in that sense of, I was like, well, I know this is a part of who I am. And I, I'm entertained by the fact that I, it's like my limited Mandarin. We at least have some conversations. Uh, but in a way, I think that's just a part of, I mean, obviously wouldn't be having this experience if I wasn't adopted. And just in a very long way leading, it's like I started the podcast. I then reached out cold to everybody. I was like, hey, would you ever want to be a podcast? Uh, to like Facebook groups. I can't knock it. Facebook groups have been very helpful in this past year. But somebody responds like, yeah, I'll do an interview with you. So I, it definitely was like, I started with one person. One person was like, Hey, I know somebody else who might want to talk. And they went there and they're like, Hey, there's all these groups also known as exists. Right. Yeah. Okay. You could go and talk to them. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then I was like, Oh, look, these, these, all these Korean adoptees. That's a whole nother layer that I didn't even think about. So then I met a bunch of Korean adoptees. So it's like a community that I definitely have integrated myself in and so now I feel like I've spoken to probably like 35 adoptees on the podcast, Chinese adoptees, other adoptees from, I mean, even Hong Kong too. I mean, it's not mainland China, but still Chinese. Right. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of people close to me who are friends, but I'm just thinking like, wow, this whole thing just really blossomed into, I don't know what it's going to be or where it can be, but I do it mostly for my own because we all, I feel like as podcast hosts, like there's a little bit of a narcissistic element to be like i get to talk about Fucking myself God, God damn right there is jesus are you yeah. like it's like this I, is about me yeah exactly <laughs> like it's called spicy memories bitches like no um like no i uh Listen. they're de- i think in order to be to do what you do and to do what i do <laughs> with this there needs to be a mild level of like you understanding that you're doing this for yourself. Now, that being oh, yeah. said, I'm doing this not just for the benefit of other people. I'm doing it for myself because I'm also learning like a lot. The reason I'm bringing yeah. on that are not just about food. I'm bringing on somebody like you. Like you're you're not in the food world per se, you know? Like, but I I I don't see the point in restricting yourself to a small little subset of a group and not having exposure to the rest of the world and stuff that you didn't even know. Like I yeah. never miss an opportunity to try to learn about something. Like this is like, you're telling me a lot of stuff tonight that is like enlightening. Like, I love it. Like, this is like, this has been like amazing. Like that's like, that's, this is why I start bringing anybody and everybody on the show. Right. And you know, granted a lot of my people I bring on, like we do talk about food and we'll talk about food in a, in a couple of minutes. I know you said you had a couple questions for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, I just, I don't know. I, I never understood closing yourself off that much because there's no way to really like expand. It's almost as if you brought on people on the show who were only adopted from the same region that you were, right? 
It's... That what what would I mean? That would kind of have a cap on everything, wouldn't it? I mean, instead of just you know, because how many? I mean, out of the thirty-five people you've spoken to, how many different regions would you say you've probably because I you know eight or nine at least See, that's what i'm talking about like imagine i'm not sure right imagine you you know it's, it's you only had your region that was it like that you know you wouldn't talk to 70 percent of the people or something whatever that, you know? oh yeah yeah so you know i just i've never understood closing yourself that's, off but it's uh, too niche too i, I mean it's Actually, when you were like, hey, you want to come on my podcast and spicy memories about food? And I was like, the only thing I would think that I have value to add to that is like, I worked in catering for a long Ooh. ass time. All right. Well, I have just recently started. As a started server. I have just oh. Started. Oh, you were a server. Okay. So I was you, a server. You and I would maybe possibly not get along. Um, <laughs> no, we would. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I've, I've done catering, but I'm, I'm like the chef. I'm like the cook. So like, yeah, I, uh, but you know what? No, that's. Uh, there's a whole whatever you know, I, had, I had a little fling with a chef from catering i'm not even gonna pretend that's not the truth chefs are, chefs are very it's a little little, little spicy thing right it's you know it's the heat <laughs> it's that bad language the heat the tattoos people they can't they can't get away you know, it's all the puns do you yeah. have a lot of tattoos he had a few tattoos yeah he had a few tattoos <laughs> yeah exactly were they forearm tattoos i bet they were forearm tattoos. yeah, yeah but i was like yeah. I'm like the little tiny petite server who people don't know if they, like I can hold the stuff or not, but I do. I usually could. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because um, it's yeah. not about it's not about how long your arms are or anything. It's about technique. It's about how you balance. It's the business. technique, how you balance like, that stuff, and I also have like weddings. I was like, wow, oh people God, spend yeah. so much on fanfare for wedding, and I was like, Insane. I think this this chef that I work with, he um he and I did a wedding by ourselves in this mm. place up a little north of us called Beacon, New York. And uh, we ha he had, he had, we had all, all the prep that was already done, but we were basically just cooking and plating all the, all the stuff, just the two of us. And we had these servers that, you know, there's like this company that we use that brings in servers. And oh, like a con, yeah, you contract it, yeah. Right. But most of the time it's the same company. And so it's the same servers and stuff. But um, yeah, we uh, like, so he and I did a wedding, like basically by ourselves. And that was the first time I had done a wedding in general. And that was also only like my third catering gig, like ever. And I'm just Ooh. like, and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So um, it's catering is a whole different animal, man. I mean, that's like oh a my whole God. different animal. And I, I remember I, in December, I did a party for them through the place where he cooks and he had another party at the same time. And he was like, I need you to go and I need you to be like the chef at the party. I need you to like run it. And I'm like, okay. And he was like, you know, you're going to have one of the cooks from the, the cafe where the, it is. And you're going to have a couple servers. I was like, okay. Um, but the cook that I had was, he was, he was, he was, he was there. He helped me kind of, kind of. <laughs> um, like, and mm. then, but the server, one of the servers there, the, the, a lot of them are very, very sweet people. But uh, one of them, I was just like, it like when, when, when I'm moving like a mile a minute like that, right. If I'm asking you to do something, it's like for a specific reason. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I had these, this uh, shrimp, these shrimp out on this platter and I put hot honey on them and whatever. So when she brought it back, I needed to put mac and cheese balls on that because I was running out of platters. And I was like, all right, just do me a favor. Just rinse it off with like boiling water if you can, wipe it. And then I have the mac and cheese or, you know, yeah. the balls are going to go on there. And she's like, well, I don't know if you could do that because there was shrimp on here. I'm like, why that's why that you said matter? hot boiling I, water. I was, I was like, why does that matter? And she was like, well, the mom is allergic to fish. I'm like, shrimp isn't fish. And she was just like, no, yeah, but like, She's like, and I'm like, look, she, she was like, I think I should wash it. I'm like, it's a bamboo platter. Please don't wash it with soap because then it's just going to taste and smell like soap when you bring it to people. And she was like, yeah, but I mean, the I'm like, look, it's fine. I'm like, the mac and cheese balls are going inside of a cup. They're not even going to touch the platter. So it's fine. Yeah. She was like, okay. 
And I turn around and I'm dicing more stuff up and I just hear the water running and I smell the green apple soap and I'm like, motherfucker. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, and she turns around, she gives it to me. She goes, here, this isn't bad, right? And she gives it to me and I smell it and I'm like, I can't use this. And I threw it in the garbage, like in front of her. And like, so now I'm down a platter. And it's stuff like that where it's like, oh yeah, it's great when you're working with a bunch of servers and everything is in sync and it's great. And no offense to you as a server. I'm just saying sometimes the pace at which you need to go is not the same. Because yeah. the servers are getting the platters, they're bringing them out, they're doing whatever, they're bringing it back. But I'm the one that has to like throw all that shit on the fucking platter and make it look nice. And so there was always like that. There, I've noticed that there's sometimes mm. can be like a little bit of a disconnect with that. But uh, yeah. I've never, I've never oh. had, you know. That's funny because I, I would witness that type of stuff because I, so a lot of the catering I did was back in Maryland for like, a, it was a family, it was a friend of, it was more flings, but it's just funny. <laughs> And I was really much younger, but I did dating thing up to like 21. But it was like the person I went to prom with, it was his father owned a business essentially. And I was like, oh, like you're looking for part-time work. It's like, yeah. So I signed up to be a server through their company where you, it's like your part-time you come. And I guess really big events, they would sometimes have contractors from another company come for servers. But I was one of the like part of the company. So I would say I definitely witnessed that. We were just talking about that. I was like, oh my God, I was mad too. Cause it's like, you were rooting the rhythm for the other servers so yeah, that we exactly, could just yeah. get our stuff done right, right. and get yeah. out. Exactly. And it's just funny because you would st- we would start to work with the same chefs too. Cause they had a rotation of chefs for different events, depending on the event. You had a particular right. chef that was good at that. And we would all, sometimes I would see the same servers too. And some of the same managers or team leads. And it's like, oh, so some people would, most of the time they were excited to see me. They're like, oh, thank God you're here. Cause <laughs> I was dependable and I was like, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's my personality though. I'm very much like, if I have a job to do, I'm like there to do you the have job. A very strong work ethic, which is good. Yeah, that's exactly. Awesome. I have a strong work ethic and hopefully now that I'm in New York city and no longer working full time, that eventually I'll find somewhere to be with that work ethic. Cause it's still there. It has not gone away. No, Even art that's, modeling. That's, that's just there. Happened. Which is awesome, by the way. I don't know how long you've been doing art modeling, but uh, it's, it's having that work ethic is not something that just goes away because it's kind of like sewed into like how you are. Like it takes a lot for, to happen to somebody for the, to really change their work ethic. Like somebody could definitely have a different kind of enthusiasm, but that does not equate to work ethic. There's a difference. Yeah. Like I very openly on this show have said many times, I am not as enthusiastic at my day job as mm-hmm. I am about food or as I was when I first started, you know, what I just, yeah. it, you know, and it's not that I don't care about blind children, but I just, you know, I, I don't not You're like just... that. Um, it's fine. They have other people at school that care about them. It's fine. But uh, like I, um, it's fine. I work in the office. They'll be okay. But uh, they don't know who I am. It's fine. <laughs> um, and I, I don't But they'll know. be able to hear you. <laughs> Very true. Um, Lucky for them, they can't, they can't, uh, never mind. That was going to be a really bad joke. That was going to be a really, <laughs> it was like, oh, let's that do was it. Gonna be, We're going there. Oh God. That was going to be back in like the dead baby joke high school days. I can't do that. All right. Um, oh man. Remember those? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was the best. When you had like sixth graders, you know, being like, you mm-hmm. know, like just telling the worst, uh, Never mind. That's those, those were the most fucked up jokes that ever existed and for some reason there was like a whole generation of us little yes that were just loving it just like oh, this yeah. is the greatest revolution event like i don't know no idea i could still see myself in the cafeteria at a table and so and kids are just rattling off these dead baby jokes and yeah. it's such a weird fucking concept to say and it, and i'm not talking about like 
yeah, it's not, it's never anything like real or like sad. It's not like when people yeah. lose a child or like miss it. It's nothing like that. It's no. literally these like horrible, like horror movie scenes that people just came yeah. up with like, oh, that's a joke. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not, I'm like, it's, it blows my mind now. But um, no, humans. I, right. But like I was saying, I, I, I definitely, you know, just because the enthusiasm of other people who maybe work in that field and have dedicated their life to it isn't there, does not mean I'm going to be shitty at my job. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very yeah. good at my job. And I, which is why I've been there for like five years and I've like advanced a little bit and I've opened up new things to the school, especially when it comes to like social media and stuff. And, you know, I, I, that's just how you are. So like your yeah. work ethic is just going to be there. It takes a lot to break that down out of somebody. Like you really need to like yeah, basically that's... abuse somebody to the point where they don't have that kind of work ethic anymore. I mean, oh, that's just like, how it is. Yeah. So I don't know, but uh, it's, so, yeah. So it's what inherent. did you, what did you want to ask me as far as uh as far as food, I'm curious because you said you had a you had a couple questions regarding uh, regarding food. I was like, how do you come up with these really interesting? <laughs> I feel like I'm watching your stories and like, yeah, let's try this uh, honey based basil cilantro glaze for this taco. <laughs> and I'm like, why the hell would you put that on there? I you know, just like to experiment. Sense. Yeah, I mean, I like to experiment. I also like to. Um, I'm forgetting her name, but she wrote a book and she had a Netflix series and. It's not, she didn't make it up. It's, 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 it's a common theme, but every dish to be very good, you can have very, very, very conflicting flavors, but for every dish needs like four main things, right? Salt, Salt fat, fat, acid, acid, and heat. And heat. Ah, okay. Yeah. I know exactly so what you're talking about. <laughs> if a dish has all four of those, I have made some weird fucking shit, like weird shit. But if they have those four elements, more times than not, it just works. It's so mm. good. I mean, that's why, like, I make a hot sauce and I sell a hot sauce, and my hot sauce has all of that, you know. And especially like for me, I use tropical fruit like mango, banana, and stuff with habanero peppers. And so there's that element of like the sweet, you know, and the heat. But then there's also a lot of like acidity in there, you know, which is nice because of like I put a little bit of tomato in there, and um, you know, I cut it with some vinegar, which actually you know brings down makes something well, doesn't matter anyway. I'm not going to get into the technicality of it, but it's like, um, <laughs> it sucks when you're making a shelf stable product, you need your pH level to be below a certain number. Uh, and science. so I had to add in a certain amount of vinegar to make it shelf stable. So uh-huh. like, cause my hot sauce is basically like if somebody opens it up and uses it and then puts it in the fridge, once it's capped, it'll last fucking years, like literally uh-huh. like years, which I wanted. That's how I wanted it, you know? So, um, but I've started experimenting more because I'm like, all right, well, if I could just incorporate in all of my dishes, if I can make sure that I salt them properly, which is another pet peeve of mine, people don't salt food properly. Um, and I can add in some flavor and some heat and, you know, a little bit of like maybe acidity and stuff. Like if you can add all those elements in, you can really fuck around with different kinds of flavors. Like you really can't mm. because it's not flavors are these like, these like constructs that we build in our mind where you think you can't really go past a certain point. Right. Or like certain things only ever complement something else. Right. Or, well, no, those yeah. things just don't go. Like, why wouldn't those two things go? You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, it's kind of like when people like, imagine the first person who made like a savory oatmeal. Right. Like, and I mean mm. like from rolled oats, which I've done, like I've made straight oatmeal with water not milk and out of like rolled oats. And then on top of it though, I'll put like, you know, uncured thick cut bacon and a fried egg and like chili crunch you know so like you know like from you know Mm. Szechuan peppers and stuff like that's like that to me is cool because you're like all right well you're taking something that traditionally has always been like no no this is the category it's like they just like stay there 
and then you just add in a completely different element. Like that to me has always been so interesting. So a lot of what you see me fuck around with is exactly that. It's just me fucking around with stuff because I'll try something and I'll be like, Ooh, I'll be like, that really works. <laughs> like that's, you know, that really works. So that's really, I mean, again, it just comes from boredom and also just not caring. Basically. That's like, that's, that's pretty much what you need to, to come up with the so recipes. Spicy but, memories has a hot sauce. Yeah. Captain Cook's food is uh, was a tropical coffee habanero pleasure spiked with pain. That's what it says on the bottom. Yeah. But, um, and spicy memories, it could be technically classified as food, but spicy memories itself, I've always been like, well, that's kind of like emotional trauma, isn't it? Because that's like, that's pretty much, that's, that's what a spicy memory really is. Like, that's like, yeah. that's why I was talking to, I was talking to somebody, my wife or somebody, and they were like, you know, why don't you have people actually like tell spicy memories? And I'm like, you mean, ask them to bring up like trauma? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, "Mm." I'm like, I don't, I like certain I feel like that could work, but I also feel like I might throw some people off. So I don't know. I kind of have to feel like I mean, well, that's because you bring that up. Because it's like, in a way, a lot of, depending who you ask to, people are like, adoption is a trauma. And I was like, you know, to an extent, it definitely is. But it's a matter of like, how do we deal with it? And there are aspects of it that create other traumas too. So I guess, yeah, in a sense, talking about adoption could be a big spicy memory. But I feel like more spicy memory because i also thought spicy like oh like wink wink spicy like i mean oh, that's spicy also memory yeah. Eh? Well, yeah i mean you want to get into that that's totally so it's like are we talking about some blatants <laughs> i thought it was just fun. about food but no i've actually uh, i was a guest on a podcast uh and i had these ladies on as well that um they brought me on their show which uh doesn't exist anymore but uh, they brought me on their show specifically just to talk about sex and food but not like, oh. not like whipped cream on the nipples, not stuff like that. It was more like, um, it was my interest in the idea of like, how do I formulate this into words? All right. Um, my interest in the idea of like the parallels between, you know, coming, starting with just raw ingredients and doing this whole dish and watching it the whole way and kind of nurturing it the entire way and eventually leading to eating it and having a similar euphoric mm. buildup much like having an orgasm. And that's what I was kind of like curious about. Well, like, is there a point to where that's very possible? And most people oh, I've I... talked to since we've workshopped it have said, yes, you know, I'm not saying it works like that with everybody because some people don't get that much pleasure out of cooking. That's what really it comes down to is like, oh. you can dive yourself into the recipes to where you're sucked the fuck in. Right. And you love watching all this shit transform and you're just waiting for that thing to be fucking plated. And then just, that's it. It's, it's just, and that's it. And you just, you finally eat mm-hmm. and you just simultaneously ejaculate. No. Uh, <laughs> hey, some people probably do, but hey. maybe, yeah, I'm not shaming. I'm not, I'm not slut shaming anybody. Uh, <laughs> you do, you do you, but no. Uh, so I had actually gone on that show and then I had them on my show and we talked about it and that's cool. Yeah. That to me, like that could also be classified as like spicy memories, but um, I don't know. I feel like there's more, I'm trying to show people that. And I've told people this multiple times. If somebody like me can cook, anybody can like, literally I am, I am the most untrained, uncoordinated person you have ever met in your entire life. I did not go to culinary school. I am not Hope. Hope is a real fucking chef. She's like, she's, she knows what the fuck she's, she's doing. She's legit. She's legit. I am not a culinary school chef. You know, everything I've done has just been from hands-on experience. I've taught myself a lot because that you have to, because we're in our age range that we're in. Like you just teach yourself everything from fucking YouTube mm. videos, <laughs> literally. And, um, um, yes. Like YouTube has like saved my life. And like, I learned how to change the brakes on my own fucking car just from watching YouTube videos. Like I literally have learned everything in my life based yeah. on YouTube videos. So 
I tell people all the time, like, if you want to fuck around with recipes, you want to do anything like that. If somebody like me could easily cook, anybody can. It's that simple. So, yeah, that's why I, I love fucking around with, with flavors and recipes and stuff. Because it's like, what, what, do you, what do you really have to lose? What is it, you know? Mm. Like, Anthony Bourdain famously said, don't be afraid to have a bad meal, right? And he was more talking about, like, when you go to all these other countries and all the other parts of the world that are completely polar opposite, upside down from what you're used to, what is the point in trying to play it safe? What is the point in looking at something and be like, mm, I don't know if I want to eat that. You know, like he's like, you know, go find a local, find out where the best local spot yeah, is. Like go sit down on the fucking containers with the other people outside of the, the shop and like eat whatever fucking soup they're going to sling in your face, you know, whatever. Like, you know, and you know, are, are you going to vomit? Yeah. Are you going to have to have diarrhea? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of times like that. There's going to be times where your stomach gets up, whatever, or you may just eat something and it may just be very unpleasant, but like, without putting yourself out there for those experiences and being open to that stuff is really the, the real tragedy, I think. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why I, I miss Anthony Bourdain. As much as he did have, you know, flaws and he constantly talks shit about foodies and he and I would personally probably disagree on like a lot of stuff. Maybe not personally, but yeah, I mean, as far as like stuff like that, he was very like the punk rock version of going against the grain when it came to like the culinary world. Um, despite all of that, what I loved about him was he constantly tried to reinforce to people like if you're going to go somewhere and you're going to discover their food you know whether it is a country in asia or the middle east or south america or fucking canada right. even, and you go to nova scotia whatever right you need to understand if you understand why those dishes exist you'll understand the person the people better and the culture better and mm. he always tried to reinforce that with any of the shows that he did and that's mm -hmm. really why I miss it because he was finally starting to get people like you and me and our age group kind of very interested in stuff like that because, right. you know, my parents had forced him in front of my eyes from the time I was like, you know, 10. I'd been watching mm -hmm. him on the Food Network. So I was used to this weird dude with salt and pepper hair, chain smoking, saying fuck every other word. I'm like, who is this guy? I was like, he's, I was like this guy's like amazing. He's like my idol. But, um, you know, he just, he, he's always, he always made it uh, a point to to try to push the idea that there are other countries in the world and they've existed for a lot longer than probably where you're sitting and yeah. you need to go there and find out why they're so important. Like if you know, if you go to, you know, if you go to, you know, uh, I, I don't know, Thailand, right. And they have bird's eye chilies that are present in like everything. Like, why are they present? Like, where did they grow? Like who started using it? Like, if you find out this stuff, like you can maybe get a better understanding of like what life was like, how the culture stuff like that. Anyway. Yeah. But that's, that's one of the reasons. So like not being able to be open like that and closing yourself off is why I think a lot of people are like, I don't like cooking or I don't cook. And I'm just like, well, maybe you're not like approaching it the right way. You're seeing it as like a chore, right? Mm -hmm. Like maybe if you found something that you actually wanted to do right and wanted to cook and like have an end result of the mere fact of you completing it yourself it brings it to a whole new light and then you start to experiment branched off that like i started cooking recipes that i knew that i liked that's how i started cooking it's like when i started learning how to play guitar i started learning playing songs that i knew and that i liked and then eventually mm -hmm. i started learning as much as i could you know it's just it's how it is that's how it should be and so if i can do that with food literally anybody can like literally anybody. yeah so what I did want to ask um, as we start to head to the, uh, the downslope, that sounds negative. It's not negative. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, um, have you discovered anything interesting related to food 
with all the people that you've talked to? And I'm not, and the, the answer could be no. I'm just curious. Or maybe when you went there, was there something that like blew your mind as far as cuisine? I don't know. I'm just, I'm very curious because I don't get the opportunity to talk to too, too many people who were in positions like you, mm -hmm. and like hope and stuff, you know, so I'm just, I'm very curious about, you know, if there were any culinary experiences like that. You know, I feel like, I want to say no as a general idea, but I think going back, similar to what you were just saying, though, just going back and experience it. I'm, I personally am one of those people who like, I'll eat whatever you give me and I'll just eat it because of why I mean, and then I'll ask questions afterwards. Right. Which is some things I'm like, hey, at least I tried it once food wise. See, that's, that's all people need to do. That's, that's um, but I did notice like my tolerance for spice somehow just see I wonder if that's one of those things like spicy memories but <laughs> my roommate who is Indian uh oh, previously okay. back in Maryland um first of all I never really cooked with onions and then he's like oh no we got to cook with onions so I was like okay let's do that and we would start to cook together and he would spice things to a certain level. And even for him, he said, I, I'm spicing it down, but it should be okay. So living with this person, I ended up getting a spice tolerance. And I was like, oh, I don't think I ever really could do spicy food before. Or did I just like never try it? I don't really know. <laughs> and now present day, I'm like putting hot sauce on my egg sandwiches, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, all right, things have changed for sure. And then going to China though, I went, I was in an area that's known for its spicy food. And then I learned, I think that's the first time I ever had, they call it La Duza, which is like spicy tummy. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, what's that? And like, you'll find out. But I had shared a nice meal with my dad, uh, not my birth father, but my father. That's a whole nother thing, but I haven't, <laughs> we haven't spoken in like two years. So oh, that's okay. another thing. Um, but at the time he did come to China with me. He actually was there when I went back to my orphanage and everything. And he speaks Mandarin. He's been studying it for years. But we had this meal and it was all spicy food. And then <laughs> that night I learned what La Duza is. And it's like La, like fourth tone Duza, I think it's also fourth tone too. And I was like, oh my God, I've never had such a painful shit before. Yeah, that's that's the one that's thing. A that, thing. That's, the, that's the speed bump that people need to need to realize is a is a is a, like, a uh, occupational hazard, as you could say. <laughs> so tolerating spice. I, I've shared that story with people and I was like, I guess this is a part of getting connected with the culture, right? Like spicy <laughs> tummy. And they're like, yeah, I guess it could be a rite of passage in a way. <laughs> yeah, in a way. I don't know. People I've spoken to though, I, I think when it comes to food, like Hope is the only other person that I've actually spoken with about like has, has like being Chinese and has that influence like your, because I think we even, we talked about this and she's like, actually, like I find out cook that much like Chinese cuisine even in my catering gigs I usually cook like this kind of food that's what she was, was telling like, me yeah exactly. yeah and I was like huh and I don't know if it's just sort of like we're exposed to all these different types of cuisines but she also grew up in New York City too she's so I feel Brooklyn. like she's from Park Slope she's fucking she's from Brooklyn. yeah like, I was like, she's... Like, yeah, she, she's used to being around to every cuisine that's available to you in the world right you know? so, so I was like, like oh yeah I think I think what people fail to realize and I could be totally off base here, but I'm what 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 from what you've said to me this this past hour plus, and what Hope had told told me and all that, is that people have these general ideas when it comes to somebody mm -hmm. who seems like they're from a different culture or somebody who is adopted, you know, whatever. And I think that alone baseline mentality is wrong because it's not you shouldn't have a general idea of anything because everybody's experience is a hundred percent unique. Yeah. yeah. Unique. And so 
everybody's experience in every single aspect of that is going to be different. So why the fuck would you just categorize and ask people the same goddamn thing, you know, over and over? So that's also one thing I wanted to to ask you before we uh, before we start to wrap up was like, is there something that you wanted to tell everybody either not to say to somebody who's adopted that they know, or maybe a question that you wish more people asked adoptees that Ooh. they don't get asked. I mean, that's like, that's more, it's, everyone knows the things that you probably shouldn't, you know, ask adoptees right off the bat. Like, do you remember anything? Like, do you know who your parents are? Like that, that kind of do shit. Do you like, want to find your parents? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you may as well be uh, like, you have suicidal ideations. Like don't fucking ask personal heart. Like that's like, everyone's experience yeah. is their own. And like, no, like, may, like, is there something that you would maybe suggest that you have maybe found a common theme with all these people that you've spoken to and maybe something that you wish more people who were not adoptees would ask or talk to adoptees about? Ooh, that's a really good question. I might have to like borrow that for the podcast. You Cause I, I always ask, I was asked like, is there anything you want to know from other adoptees? But I never thought to ask like, Oh, like what's something you would want to be asked? Well, because the whole idea is you want to try to educate as much of the culture as you can. Cause like, there's mm-hmm. always going to be in this country right now, there's an overwhelming more, more people that have been born here than there were not. There are still yeah. mass amounts of number of people that have not, uh, have not been born. I mean, I think between, what is it, between 2001 and like now or something like that, I think I read on like, there was something, I think I read it from AKA, maybe there's like, like hundreds of thousands of adoptees just from oh, China, yeah. just from oh, China, yeah. not including any other country. So like, but again, that there's still going to be, there's 300 something million people that live in the US and like, yeah. out of those people, 300 plus million or whatever, were like born like, you know, so because there's always going to be that aspect of like, well, maybe we need to start like educating the people that are not adoptees. Like, I don't know. Is I was just curious, like, and the answer could be, no, I don't know. I mean, there, it could also be just like feel the person out and try to find out what that person's comfortable with, which should be the baseline of any conversation, but you'd have to spell that out for some people. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. I was, just, I was really curious if there's something that you've talked about with other adoptees that you think would be okay mm-hmm. for people who are not adoptees to ask you or talk about. Who are not adoptees to ask you. I feel like the most interesting, because most conversations that I've had or every conversation I've had with other adoptees, it always revolves around something that they're doing presently, like their work or something they hobby or just something they're interested in. And somehow it usually, or may not always connect back to adoption. But I think the, I feel like the first question, it's like when someone's like, hey, yeah, I'm adopted. It's like, okay, cool. What do you like to do? Honestly, it's like right, a really yeah. nice, simple, I mean, like as any human too. And I preface that with the idea in mind because I don't know why it's just revolutionary to me in this in the past mm, six months. I think I heard this on another podcast, but it's like the idea is we are all yes, we are all humans, but nobody is in your mind except you. Right. Like technically, we are all alone because nobody else has the mind that you have, right? Yeah. And did you hear me I say think, this? Because I said something very similar to this. I think. Two episodes did you recently? Ago. Two episodes oh, no. Ago. Well, no, two episodes ago, I was just talking about how everybody's experience is completely unique and different because even something as simple as I was talking about colors, right? And I used, yeah. my, I used our microphones as an example. Like, what color do you see when you look at my microphone? See, I was thinking about this too. It looks gold, but it also it kind is. of looks it's, like yeah, to me, it, to me, it looks yellow. gold too. Yeah, yeah, yellow, gold. Yeah, exactly. Those are both right. I look at your microphone and I see black, right? Yeah. As a, as general, you know, humans, we can agree that this is a gold and that's a black, right? But or is actual, it the purple white dress? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. 
That's good. I should have an episode on that. Um, <laughs> but the, the way that your black processes in my mind that I'm seeing and the way mm-hmm. that your eyes process that black through your mind are two completely different things. We both may agree yeah. that they're the same color, but we're seeing them as unique colors only to us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like you and I have different brains. We have different eyes. So like it's physically yeah. possible for us to see exactly, exactly the same. There are colors that we can all just agree upon if people don't have color blindness and stuff like that, obviously. But what I was yeah. talking about more was like that unique, the uniqueness of the human mind where it's always ever you. And you're right. It is always ever kind of you taking stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you can try to get shared experiences like that, but you know, there also needs to be that individuality that you kind of have to realize. As well. Yeah. So. Cause yeah, with that thought in mind. So it's like, just, it's like, not that I open with like, Oh, I'm going to adopt a kid. I right. usually don't. Usually but not. It comes conversations. Up, <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Hey, I'm adopted. I mean, other adoptees, maybe it's like, Oh, where are you adopted from? Right, like, like, yeah, that does. You're going, out, you're going on like a double date and it's just like, hi, I'm Tara. I was adopted oh, right when I was four. And they're just like, Oh, okay. Hi, that's good. Hi, nice to meet you. Know. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a whole nother thing. Little sidebars. Like when I go on dates or if I've dated people, I never mention the podcast. Cause really? Yeah. Cause immediately that's like, I was like, Oh, what do you like to do? It's like, Oh, I'm, I like to listen to podcasts. It's like, I, I don't usually lead with a I. I I'm a podcaster. Well, that's a, a good podcast. thing. We're going out because, you know, yeah. Cause then it's like, <laughs> I thought about this too, especially it's just like, if I say what the podcast is and they're like, Oh, okay. Then they can go and look it up. It's almost right. just like, if I'm going to open that up, it's going to be like, I'm opening up that you can now learn a lot about me if you want to, you don't right. have to. But once I open up that dialogue, I was like, Oh, I never thought about that before the podcast. Right. So it's kind of like, what do you like to do? Just right. a simple, like, what do you like to do? Cause that's an opener where it can lead into talking about adoption. It doesn't have to, but so I, I have found, yeah. What, so basically if somebody doesn't bring up, that they're adopted or they do maybe don't expand on it unless they visually want to talk about it. Yeah. And I, and it depends because of course having the ABC podcast or Dr. Baby from China podcast, I am speaking with people who usually want to talk about their adoption, well, but there otherwise are, they, otherwise they exactly. The yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there are plenty of people that don't want to be open about it. don't want to talk about it, have it recorded or anything like that. So yeah, if you ask somebody like me, it's like, oh, yeah, you're adopted. Can you tell me more about it? Like, oh, yeah, let me tell you all about this. Oh, I have a podcast, by the way, if you want to learn yeah, more. Exactly. But there's a lot of adoptees who I think it's a lot harder sometimes. It truly is, I guess, in a way, like a spicy, like a very spicy topic or a very spicy memory of like even just opening that dialogue can sometimes almost like send people into spirals. And is that based on how old they are, where they are in their journey, or if they ever want to come out of that journey. I don't know, but it was like, what it was like, you know, growing up with it, like coming to terms with it. Like there's the, you never know. So I basically, Mm -hmm. I mean, what it comes down to is basically just feel somebody out and try to understand what their specific comfortability level is. Right. Yeah. Cause I have definitely responded to people and been like, what's your favorite sex position? Cause it's just kind of like, it's an intimate thing. Like I, I'm not walking up to you and being like, "Oh, you're you're dating somebody of a different racial background or something." Yeah. Do you guys really like to have sex in this way? Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, it's just like, would you ever do that? It's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Where it's like, right, all right, exactly. That, but that's like the level of intimacy breaking that it people is, don't yeah. understand that they're doing when they start asking questions like that. So, because the people, I think there's this cultural thing where because it was such a smaller percent of the 
a percentage of the population, you know, it just, it was like the norm to be like, oh, you're adopted. That means that you're not like the, the rest of us. Like you weren't born. So, it was yeah, like, it's like we're so then all of a sudden people think it's like, okay, to ask questions because all of you, you must think that you're different. Like, no, I, I yeah. So yeah. basically just treat people like humans and try to feel out yeah. their comfortability level. And if they don't want to talk about it, they will believe me. Oh yeah. Very they'll let clearly. you know. They'll let you know that they don't want to talk about it basically. And that does, I mean, last thought about it, but that does go with like how people are raised. And that's like, I know I've definitely said this on my podcast, but it's just like, it's a conversation of like how you teach the next generation, those who are growing to become adults eventually, like how you teach them to talk about something is very important because there's a lot of people around the world that are not taught or or maybe just, I don't know, just not there to learn it. uh, Like, you know, Florida right now. So, um, (laughs) Or, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, in Florida, you know. Um, yeah, other places too. Yeah, and a lot of other places, but like into law, Florida, you know. So I, I just, yeah. I think one of the benefits too of being in a place like New York is, and you in your diverse area of Maryland is you're used to diversity. And so there's yeah. a lot of stuff that is just not prompted in your mind because you don't give a fuck because it's just part of your upbringing and part of yeah. how you are. Like my parents were hippies. Like they loved everybody. Like, and I was always raised to be like that. I never had prejudice against anybody for anything like that. Recently, vegans a little bit, but that's not anything having to do with race. It's just because I, you know, vegans mm-hmm. can, you know, no offense if you're vegan. Um, but uh, I, uh, I don't know. I just, um, uh, I, I, as far as like <coughs> something that would make somebody different as far as like part of their personality or history or no, not even a little bit. And like you said, that is very, is that a fucking swell bottle? holy it's shit huge, i have it? not seen a swell bottle in years oh my god oh my god i don't even know how many this is uh this is also a really big one that's too. a big boy yeah that's not the skit that was the expensive one hey oh oh yeah seen... sorry not to oh, go I've... on a crazy sidebar i have not seen a swell bottle in so long i used to have so many of those oh my god i feel like i should have grabbed the other three that i, I had that exact one too i had that exact one i had the fucking the wood grain one 2010 oh, Shh, that was it man this is this is a 25 ounce. It's a big one. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I had the shitty poor man 16 ounce one. Uh, <laughs> the stupid little one where you took like three sips of water. You're like, all right, well, that was cold. Now I'm done. Uh, That's funny though, because this this is from the first job that I got in New York City. It was like the admin, the reception job at this ad office. And then everything, like we all had to go home, right? And then it was like, all right, all right we're all doing hybrid or uh, no, nobody has to come into the office except my asses was still going to the office. So then they decided to switch to hybrid mode. So anybody who had an assigned seat was supposed to come and get their stuff and put it in a box. Guess what? Nobody did that. So guess who was doing that? (laughs) And then like people would leave the company or people never came to get their stuff. So then it just ended up becoming like, I got so much shit from there because (laughs) like a lot of people left and they weren't coming to pick up their 25 ounce swell bottle or their, you know, like iMac something other this a Bose speaker or something because nobody Fucking came to get it. I'm like cleaning up, man. That's what I'm talking about. I was cleaning. Up. Yeah, I was, but I cleaning I'm, the fuck up. That's what I'm talking about. But yeah, that was <laughs> this big ass swell bottle. There was like four of these, and I took one. But there was Why like you just take four of them. I see. I'm the. I would be like, dope. I have four swell bottles. Like I would come home with something like that. Like, Why do you have four swell bottles? Because I have four swell bottles. That's why. Because like, I, they yeah, were free. They were free. Like my god. Like when we. I should have. Like we order. Like we order sushi. Like a lot. And a lot of the places we, we love getting, we had sushi tonight and we usually get a combo of like two or three rolls each. And it comes usually with a, a salad or soup or both, whatever. Right. 
and tonight we just ordered the three rolls each and i was like you don't want the combo she's like no and i'm like yeah but you know it's free right yeah, and she was just, like yeah she's get like, yeah, with but it she's like, but i don't want the salad or soup and i'm like yeah but like you don't have to like we don't have to pay you for can it. just like so you, you just can get eat it. it tomorrow like you could yeah or just eat it now like that's the best part i mean <laughs> come on like or just eat it now like and so it's like there's always something in my mind where i'm like yeah but they're just giving it to you <laughs> like just take you know <laughs> that's how i am too i know my ex-boyfriend talk about that <laughs> like yes an hour ago. that's funny my oh, ex-boyfriend was like you have such a free mentality like i mean it's it's bad sometimes it's just like you know oh what, let me get this because it's free yeah but you and yeah, yeah you and i are operating at a higher level than the rest of them so they'll be fine do you know how much money i saved by not <laughs> buying this 25 ounce swell bottle probably, exactly probably that's like 140 yeah that's like 35 bucks right there get the fuck out of like, that was 35 bucks in 2015 give me a break <laughs> i don't even know what it is now but oh god like i know I was that's, ending on that note. It's like free is great. Just <laughs> take it. Great. Just make sure there's no bed bugs or other <laughs> yeah, things exactly. that you don't want yeah. in your home. Definitely make sure there's no bed bugs in your swell bottle. Um, so um, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as we start to wrap up, is there anything, first of all, the reason I wanted to bring you on, you've demonstrated to me in the past hour plus exactly why I wanted to bring you on because <laughs> I want people like you enlightening me uh, to stuff that I am just completely foreign to, you know, that I don't know about. And like, I have this recent like thirst to try and like find out at least knowledge of things that I have just been completely ignorant of for like years, not in like a discriminatory mm -hmm. way. I just, things that I never even like were in my mind, mindscape, you know what I mean? Like things like that. And when I started talking to Hope about that and then she got into it and she got into like AKA and then she told me like about you afterwards and I found you through her page. I was like, this is like a whole like subset of like things that I never even gave like a second thought to about what these people would feel like and what it's like and how they could share experience. So like bringing you on has been, has been awesome. It's been like an amazing That's combo great. with that. And, uh, and for anyone listening, um, you know, Tara's podcast, Adopted Babies from, uh, Jesus Christ, Adopted Babies from China. <laughs> Uh, is on Spotify, right? I'm sure it's on at least a couple mm -hmm. other places as well. Uh, Google, I'm assuming, you know, whatever. Apple Podcasts. Whatever. All but, the um, fun stuff. All the fun stuff. And your Instagram page is just Adopted Babies from China, right? No, like, periods or anything, right? No. Uh, adopted Babies from China Pod. Got you. Adopted Babies from China Pod. I'm going to put your Instagram and the page and anything you have is going to be in the details for this episode. But also, when you guys are listening to this, get out of this podcast because it's probably going to be audio and go into my link tree and in my link tree you'll see a tab uh to go to tara's podcast and probably instagram page as well um do you have anything you want to ask me specifically before we wrap things up on this on this on this i can't believe i, I never talked about chocolate on a food podcast but i guess that's my last i gotta leave with that question but are you like a okay. chocolate person Yes, uh, in very specific ways. Am I a chocolate person as far as like, I'll just eat straight up chocolate? Not always. I love like chocolate bars that have like crunches and nuts in them and stuff. Okay. I'm one of those sacrilegious people that loves white chocolate. Although I do, I do fully, 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 fully admit that it is not chocolate. Okay. <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I, am, I am very okay. It's the same way as like I eat Domino's, but I don't call it pizza. I call it Domino's, right? I am very okay. aware. I am very aware of the fact that I am eating white chocolate that is not chocolate. <laughs> like, I, like I know that. Okay. I recently have been experimenting with more sweet stuff, which is something I'm not usually into. Like I've recently been making a lot of caramel 
um, myself, like from scratch and uh, brittle. Like I'll, my wife made these amazing nuts um, over the holidays that are, was like a combo of like sugar, cinnamon, and cayenne pepper. So it was like, that sounds yummy. Yeah. And it had like egg yolks in there and some butter. So it baked on the sheet pan and you got these like clumps of nuts that were sweet, but then that fucking cayenne spice would kick in. So then I stole all of her nuts and I put them on a sheet pan and I made my own caramel. I made my own, sorry, I made my own habanero caramel. So I put habanero peppers inside of the caramel while it was becoming caramel. And so I poured that spicy caramel over the nuts, let it settle, and it became spicy caramel habanero brittle. And it's kind of amazing. And it sounds uh, amazing. You know, but I've been experimenting with more some chocolate stuff as well recently and like shaving chocolate into stuff. And I love Reese's. Like anything with peanut butter and chocolate, I'm a slut. I fucking love anything okay. with chocolate peanut butter. Like Reese's, I could I could fuck I could fuck Reese's all day long. Like all day long. And I don't mean eat them. I mean fuck them. I could easily all day long. Go for, I mean they That's have that texture. <laughs> That's, that's going to be the soundbite for the episode. Us talking about the fuckable texture of Reese's. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That crossed my mind. It's like, if I was a man and I had a dick, I would definitely try it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sure you can maneuver something. I'll tell you what, through a process of leaving it out on a hot windowsill and then reshaping it while it was wet and laying it form into another shape, you could probably work something out for yourself. You know what I mean, like, I feel you know, like that's a personal experience, but okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Bleed the fifth. This is spicy memories, folks. Uh, <laughs> this, is, uh, this has been a podcast. Don't remember my name or why I'm here. No. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but seriously, this has been a fucking treat and a half. Thank you so much for actually agreeing to come on this weird fucking podcast that has almost nothing to do with yours. Uh, <laughs> which it's I fun. Love. Hey, it's a lot I try of fun. To keep it, I try to keep it. I try to keep it up. You know what I mean, I try to, I try to do it up a little bit. I, um, I, I thoroughly have enjoyed following your page, listening to your podcast, getting to know, you know, what you cover a little bit more. I'm sure we're going to continue to talk as well. Um, I am not an adopted baby from China, so I probably won't be on your show, <laughs> but um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but if you ever have somebody who doesn't want to speak on the microphone and they want a dramatic reading of their story, um, I can totally do that in any accent that you want to. I'll do like a sultry, Say. raspy British reading of like, you know, it's like, I was four years old when I left Shanghai, right? Like, just like, boom. Ooh, I feel like I'm going to have to write something just for that. I will, anything you want, you let me know. I'll record you the dankest shit you ever heard in your entire life. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, guys, listen to Tara's fucking podcast if you don't do anything else. Adopted Babies from China, you can find her on Instagram at Adopted Babies from China Pod. Any last words for the people? Anything you want to say? You want to plug yourself? Anything you got going on you want to let people know about? Oh man, I, I don't think so. But just uh, I hope you can think of Reese's the same as I am now. Forever going to think of Reese's. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be unable to. I don't think I'm unable to not think about them in that way ever again. I'm just that's that's just I'm that's, I'm I'm going to fuck a Reese's. That's basically what's what I'm saying on this podcast. So hope everyone <laughs> listens to that. Uh, <laughs> if anybody listens to the show, just fast forward to the very end. <laughs> man, this this show took a fucking sharp ass hook to the left. You know what I mean? That was like. <laughs> 
this was like so great. We're covering these things. We're getting introspective, you know, some, some, and then you just know, like, yeah. bam, let's fuck some chocolate. Like, boom. <laughs> so that's this is what I like about spicy memories. I bring this out of people. You know, you yeah, came on. Great. You were being all knowledgeable and nice. You were talking about your experience. It was amazing how much it impacted you. It was traumatic. It was a big shock. And mm-hmm. then at the end, you're like, I bet if you really wanted to, it's got that texture. You could totally stick your dick inside. Of it. <laughs> the fact that that's where the evolution of this show went. Where uh, what? So fucking happy. Ah, I love it. Not to say that that discredits anything else we talked about because it does not, but it just makes it even more special because this is is the duality (laughs) I'm trying to bring out in people. The ability to talk about stuff that really truly means a lot to them but also talk about possibly fucking a piece of chocolate. Like that's awesome. Like that's <laughs> this is what this is what human interaction should be, you know? That's what fucking spicy memory should be about. And you got to do I mean, we got to answer. You got to do it with the eggs. So Easter's coming up. You got a <laughs> opportunity. Oh man. You got the tree during Christmas, if but I can now come you up got a soft shell egg. Fucking that's it. It's done. That is oh my god, especially like those Cadbury type it. Never mind. Now I'm getting too excited. Okay. Oh my god. Woof. <laughs> if anybody's <laughs> still listening. <laughs> I'm going to have to take some deep breaths, take a cold shower. All right. Uh, (laughs) For those of you who have made it past this insane 90 seconds, uh, (laughs) listen to Tara's podcast, Adopted Babies from China. You can find it on Spotify. You can go to her Instagram at Adopted Babies from China pod, and I will plug all your shit inside of the episode details. Thank you for sitting down for for this monstrosity of a fucking show that I don't even know what it's turned into anymore. I don't know what the show is anymore. I've stopped. I've stopped trying to categorize it. That's why people are like, it's a food podcast. I'm like, sure. And they're just like, okay. I'm like, why not? So um, thank you again for sitting thank down. Thank you. Really appreciate it's a lot it. of fun. It's, uh, I, that's the, I aim to please. That's, that's my life goal, literally. That's why I'm so sad. Um, <laughs> yikes. All right. Spicy memories, everybody. Nothing like that. A good old emotional trauma. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this has been episode 35 of Spicy Memories. Tune in next time. I'm sure I'll have somebody special, but nobody's as special as you. Remember that when you go to sleep tonight. Have a great night, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Stay classy.